Bravely Being, a podcast for sisterly conversation where we unpack life shit, stress, loss, emotional turmoil. We have all been there and it's normal. We believe it's time to bring these issues into the light, delve inward and move forward. So we welcome everyone on our journey and hope our conversations resonate with you as we lean in, listen and learn from each other. This is Bravely Being with Danica and Megan. And Caroline. And Sam. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to episode six, Women in Medicine with Caroline Voitas and Sam Zavada. (laughs) Thanks for having us, you guys. We're super excited. Find our podcast helpful? Know a friend that could use some sisterly conversation in their lives? Sharing is caring. Send them our way. (laughs) You can also follow us on Instagram at Bravely Being Podcast for more frequent updates. Or you could buy our cute-ass merch from our Etsy shop, which is available to you via the link tree in our Instagram bio. Yes. Well, thank you guys for being here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, guys. This is fun. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super excited to have two strong ladies in medicine here to talk Mm -hmm. to us about their experience. So, Caroline, do you want to kick us off? Yes. So, hi, everyone. My name is Caroline Voitas. I'm a second-year medical student at LECOM, which stands for Lake Erie College of Osteopathic Medicine. And I am studying here in uh, Bradenton, Florida. And I'm basically halfway done with med school, so super excited. Yeah. Hello, my name is Samantha Zavada, but a lot of people call me Sammy or Sam. Uh, I'm a PA or physician assistant. I work in orthopedics, which is like bone stuff. And uh, I just graduated last August, and I'm so I'm like brand spanking new, but I feel like I'm getting a grip. And I sort of know what I'm doing. <laughs> and um, I can't wait to talk more about what I do and how I got here. Um, but, you know, uh, I was asked, I'm married. I have a dog and we just bought a house together. And when I was asking my husband just before I came on the podcast, I was like, how the heck do I introduce myself? I don't know how to do this stuff. And he said, oh, well, just tell him that you're a badass bitch with a big butt and a bigger heart. And I was like, <laughs> okay, yeah. I'll use that. <laughs> Where is the lie, though? <laughs> so here we are. You need that on like a bumper sticker or something. Yeah. Oh god, with your face. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, we're so excited that you guys are here. You guys are some of my oldest and closest friends, so I'm so glad that we can all hang out in podcast form. Yes. <laughs> Thanks for having oh, us. Heck yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. The best form. <laughs> exactly. Well, I wanted you guys to come on the show because you guys are both super, super um, inspiring to me and to a lot of other people and just the dedication that you've put into your work, into your life and the vision that you've had for yourselves for a long time is just incredible and incredulous. And I really wanted to applaud that and talk about it because, I mean, you guys are the only people I know really in medicine. I'm not really in that field at all. <laughs> so I, I wanted to talk about it on the podcast. So um, I guess first question is, how did you know that you wanted to go into medicine and or become a doctor like what was your path and what did it look like from the beginning 
Oh, that's a good question to start with. I think um, for me personally, I don't feel that there was an epiphany or anything. I think it was more of a culmination of just little things throughout my life that have built up and just kind of steered me like, you know, in the ping pong where you have like the little things that you ding around the ping pong ball. I'm like the little ball that just (laughs) fell into this loop and ended up in medicine. So, um, (laughs) um, I mean, not really, but I guess you can think of it like that. Um, I think, well, I always just like a nerd. I love science. I love being outside. And I also feel that I'm a very caring person and I just love caring for other people and helping other people in their time of need. It just really brings me passion and like makes me feel whole. And so I think um, in that sense, I ended up in the healthcare field. And it is very trying. I'm not going to lie. But yeah, I I love it so far. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, I feel like that basically is just copy and paste. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, I've never really thought about doing anything else, except for right now, when I'm literally doing what I've dreamt of doing forever. (laughs) I'm like, okay, why the hell did I decide to do this? I mean, to be honest, I mean, like, I, it's very weird once I, I'm like, now I'm actually in the field, actually living my dream out. And it's like, it's such a privilege. And it's like, an incredible thing to be practicing medicine, you know, as a PA, not a doctor, of course, but um, it's just, it's such a privilege and an honor to care for people and, you know, help hold somebody's health care in the palm of your hands, really. Mm-hmm. And um it's something I've always wanted to do my entire life like it kind of evolved from my mom she uh she was is currently working as a nurse in open heart surgery and she's given me a lot of opportunities to explore the medical field and like I have this picture of me dressed literally like a couple days old and she has me in this full outfit of scrubs that she made with a stethoscope around my neck. I'm like, mom, you're grooming me from a young age. So like, you knew what I was going to get into before I knew what I was going to get into. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I mean, I would not have my life any other way, even though I, you know, say that I may have made, but I'm living the dream right now for sure. Well, Sammy, just, I guess, or Sam, to clarify at the top of the podcast, can you talk about what being a PA is? And oh. I know that's something you like to talk about because you are one (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's it's a not a very widely known position even though we you know physician assistants are used widely with that with throughout healthcare it's a growing field and it's pretty uh, it's competitive to get into school because it's a career that is not not only rewarding but there's less school to, you know, than medical school, but you end up with similar responsibilities. My program was 27 months uh, of master's program. And that involved like one year in the classroom and then one year on rotations. And then after that, you're just out, you know, you get a job and the money's good and you get to do procedures. You get to make diagnoses, you get to write prescriptions. You get to scrub in with surgeries and be the first assist. You're their first helper, I guess. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. But um, you you have a ton of responsibility that's very important for, you know, helping the doctor do their thing and be successful. And you can also treat your own patients, too. It's very rewarding. I feel like I get a lot. I get to do a lot with my job. I have a lot of responsibility. And 
if um, you're interested in more in learning more about what a physician assistant is, I have a, oh my gosh, I'm doing this plug for my Instagram. Oh, God. Oh, my I support it. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Plug away, girl. Uh, oh, my gosh. I have this Instagram page called Sam and Scrubs, sam.in.scrubs. It's super cute. And I talk a lot more so about cute. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What it means to be a PA and what life is like as a PA. But, of course, we're yes. going to get more into that today. So, but, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And I feel like kind of as you were saying, um, the PA position, I feel like isn't widely known. I've heard of it before because my mom's friend's daughters are both PAs. And so like I've heard about the path a little bit and understand why it can be super appealing when you're looking to go into medicine, but maybe not looking to be at medical school for forever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um so I totally understand why that's appealing and why you chose that path. So congratulations on your first gig, your first job. Um, and Caroline, our little baby doc over here, um, majoring in osteopathic <laughs> medicine. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? So osteopathic schools, um, basically, we do the same four years schooling as any other medical school in the U.S. Um, the only different thing is that we get an extra I think it's over like 200 plus hours of osteopathic medical training so basically I guess you could compare it to kind of when you go to a physical therapist um, how they use your body to kind of heal itself maybe instead of prescribing medications right away for like chronic pain or certain things like that we try to use you know different um, natural kind of remedies and using your body's own ability to heal itself to help our patients out and um, treat them that way. Um, but other than that, everything's the same. Um, I'm still in debt, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> and we actually, so when we apply for jobs, we apply for all of the same residencies as everyone else in the US now. They actually just changed that. Um, I think it was two years ago. Um, don't quote me on that. But um, so yeah, so now we're all competing for the same jobs as everyone else in the US. and. Super exciting, but it's great because the osteopathic field, I guess, like um, PAs also was kind of a little less known um, just to the, you know, to the American public and to even my friends abroad. And so it's great to be an osteopathic uh, physician almost and just kind of um, educating people and just having just an extra tool, my tool belt, I guess I could say, um, to treat patients so yeah, I'm over here like I need to go find myself an osteopathic doctor to heal all my bullshit <laughs> I know seriously <laughs> I got you yeah I know this bullshit over here yeah it's funny because when we're studying we'll like do these osteopathic stuff on each other like I'm like can you treat my neck and we'll just basically treat each other in between <laughs> study sessions and it's really nice because we're studying for that in between and it, it does work. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Caroline, can you just come rub my neck, please? No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, wait, come over here first. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, Caroline, you mentioned friends abroad. Do you want to talk about your background, you know, uh, your parents being Polish and kind of just like more holistic, besides just being a doctor, you are a person and um, you have hobbies and other things, although sometimes it might not seem like it but you have a life outside of the medical field (laughs) oh yeah yeah it definitely does not feel like I'm a person especially the first two years because you basically are a bookworm 
um, to the max, but yeah. So my family is um, 100% Polish. My mom and dad are both Polish from Poland. So shout out to the motherland. Um, All my family lives there. (laughs) And uh, we'll have a couple cousins in the US, but it's it's very interesting. It's very cool. um, I'm definitely so, so grateful to my parents for allowing my sister and I the opportunity to travel. We have visited Poland pretty frequently. We used to go a lot when I was a child Um, and just being exposed to different cultures at such a young age, I feel like also added another layer to my ability to relate to people and empathize with people. And I feel Mm -hmm. that um, physicians especially can get so closed minded sometimes or just, you know, society in general. So I think it's very important to keep, that at the forefront is just like at the end of the day everyone is a human being and you should treat Mm -hmm. them you know equally with respect um but yeah so my family is mostly there and I actually got to shadow at a hospital in Poland which with some surgeries which was super awesome um I definitely got roasted a little bit because I like did not eat any lunch because it was like my first time on surgery and I was just like so nauseous this like little me 13 years old and they were all like (laughs) The residents are like, oh, look at the like little kid. She's so cute. Like, she won't eat lunch. And I'm just like, shut up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's been really awesome. Um, it's funny, Sammy, I was like listening to you talk about your mom um, as a woman in medicine. And my mom is also a doctor. So shout out, Eva. Uh, hi, mom. Yes. Love you. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, she's also a doctor. And she has definitely influenced me. She's probably um, my biggest role model, I think as to what kind of doctor I want to be um, for my patients. And yeah, I think it's just a good culmination of things has brought me, brought me here and with, and to you guys too. So <laughs> specifically here on our podcast, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's the culmination. I like what you said, Caroline, about being like, un- like almost non-human as a student in medicine, because it's like totally true. You have to cancel all everything else going on in your life to focus on just like being the best medical provider that you can be. I don't know, just counseling comes in because I went through like a real rough patch in school when Mm -hmm. I was just, you know, driving myself to, I know you guys have done a whole episode about perfectionism and stuff. Like going back to that, you know, you, you don't have to get the, like a hundred percent on every test that you take to be a good like practitioner you know so it took me like three semesters to realize that and then at the end you know I was just so stressed out and I was getting you know there's physical manifestations of my stress coming into play and I was just like okay enough of this like I know what I know I don't know what I don't know and I'm like I'm just here to be a good PA and I feel like a lot more goes into that than just a test score so yeah, I just wanted to touch on that. I think you're totally right because you just lose yourself in school. But yeah. I mean, you know we there's go, a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, we can go more more into that later on if you guys want, because I could talk about that for a while too. But yes. it depends. Yeah. Well, Sammy, I think that you've done a good job at balancing kind of your work and personal life, and I think that it seems like with um, the Instagram account, you're able to like have a creative outlook at least. And you've done some really cool stuff. I love how you do quizzes on your Insta oh, stories. Yeah. I feel oh, like yeah. I'm a doctor when I do them. <laughs> <laughs> I like 
<laughs> oh boy yeah I haven't done one of those in a while it's definitely my account has been lacking since I started the job just because that's where all my focus is going towards you know being you know best at my career and stuff but of course also realizing that I'm not going to be the best ever <laughs> so you know that's again perfectionism <laughs> so well, you're going to there. work to be your own best you know Yes, exactly. And also struggling with like imposter syndrome has been a wild ride mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I've felt in so many instances where I am like, I am the biggest dumbass to walk the planet. How did I get this job? I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Like I said it three times today. I was like walking around in circles in the OR. I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what I'm doing. I said that out loud to some like people three times today. I'm like, geez, girl, you gotta, you gotta fake it until you make it. Okay. Don't let them see, see you sweat. But here I am, yes. buckets, swamp ass. Like, <laughs> like it's terrible. I literally wear clothes underneath my OR scrubs to avoid butt sweat. Oh my God. Yeah. That's how nervous I get. True confessions. (laughs) I'm probably going to invest in some dry fit too. Like some, especially under my shirts. I get Mm -hmm. the nervous sweats so bad. Yeah. Like any first date, you know, when I'm going on a first date, because I am sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Extra DO for the BO in your face. Yeah. (laughs) pooping your pants yeah oh lord yeah oh my gosh well yes. sam it, it, hurt, it hurts me to hear you like degrade yourself because you were so capable you know you're su- such a good doctor yeah. you're there for a reason uh clarification not a doctor I mean, I know. Just so you know, I do that literally all day to my patients. I've never about to like take on that role of you know say something that I'm not supposed to be, you know. And I feel like that I am proud of myself for doing that because a lot of people would be just like, you know, oh yes, they think I'm a doctor, you know. Mm -hmm. And that's certainly not what I am, and not what I'm claiming to be at all. Uh, Like Caroline has to go through so much more training than I do. You know, I was just thrown into this crap you're doing amazing I you think are. a lot of my coping has to do with self-deprecation you know so I think I don't want you guys to think that I you know I'm just so hard <laughs> on myself because I do have an internal monologue that I you know I do congratulate my things with myself for the little things and you know mm-hmm. my accomplishments and all that but I you know, try to stay humble. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm I'm actually really happy you brought up imposter syndrome because that's actually something that within the past week I have been struggling with too. And um, even like, of course, I'm not like I didn't go through school as long as either of you guys did, um, you know, becoming a teacher. Um, but, you know, I've been working this my fourth year of teaching. So, you know, I'm kind of like by this yeah, year, experience. yeah, I'm yeah. like by this year, I should know what I'm doing by now. <laughs> and then I have these moments like yesterday we came back from spring break and um, I was so like my stress also manifests itself in my body. And I woke up and I was literally to the point of nausea where I actually threw up multiple times before I went to work and I still went to work. <laughs> um, through. Maybe shouldn't have done that, but pushed nice. myself through because I didn't want to miss the day back from spring break. 
um, and kind of having those same kind of thoughts. Like, why am I doing this? Who decided to let me watch this room of yeah. children? Um, <laughs> you know, I know nothing about music, so I, I can totally relate to that and um, can understand. That's so interesting to hear you say that too, because like looking back on my experience with all the teachers that I've had in my life, I've never really put myself in their shoes to be like, oh, they may be nervous to come back to school. (laughs) I kid you not. So I'm like walking from the office. I had to like pick up some from my mailbox and I had a stomach ache and I'm walking to my room and it's not a far distance. Like it's maybe like a minute walk maybe. And I'm walking to my room and I'm like, I think I need to throw up now. And I'm like, time to walk to the faculty bathroom. (laughs) And I'm on my way to the faculty bathroom. But then I'm like, I don't think I can make it to the faculty bathroom. And I I had to turn off and go to into a student bathroom and just vomit. I was like, damn it. This is not how I want to be the day after spring break. I did not have a drink last night. It's not what you think. It's not morning sickness, but it really is stress. Like that's how my body has always handled it. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I completely understand and feel for you. This is mm-hmm. why everyone needs therapy. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yes. For the people in the back. Yes. <laughs> everyone needs therapy. Yeah, and yeah. caring doctors too, which is why it's so yeah. nice to like hear your perspective on things because um, I talked about this before um with I think Caroline and Danica, but like in my experience with doctors, like all of them have been very um cold and not welcoming. And I think I am only comfortable with like one doctor that I've had my whole life. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I'm interested to hear from you guys, like, and maybe from Sam too, since you're currently working as a PA, um, like, how do you like maintain a relationship and a warm atmosphere with your patients? Mm, Good question. Trying to be, you know, personable. I agree with you, Megan. Um, my experience as well with my doctors has been not the best. Um, I, although I did love my pediatrician. She was just amazing. I feel like anyone who's a pediatrician, you have to be warm and you have to, you know, mm-hmm. love working with kids or else you're kind of in the wrong profession. Um, but after her, yeah, I think I've just, the doctors I went to, they're just very, you know, to the book and um, just get straight to the point and get you out. And while there's nothing wrong with that, um, I think a little plug for osteopathic medicine <laughs> is that um, they really do emphasize a holistic approach mm-hmm. with your patients. For mm-hmm. for example, tomorrow is my um, final exam. We have like a practical with a fake patient. Oh and, tomorrow? Yeah. Oh and um, one Are of the... <laughs> it's, it's, honestly, it's like not... I don't really think of it as an exam. It's like my favorite part of school, I think, is playing doctor, basically. Like we go in and pretend to play doctor. So... Um, so one of the things that we are really strictly graded on is called humanistic domain. Ew, I don't know why I'm talking about school right now, but this is relevant. <laughs> um, but it's being like humanistic domain. So emphasizing things, um, being really personable to the patient, asking them personal questions about their home life, et cetera, things like that, like mental health things that all maybe some doctors don't ask you on every visit or some things that you might not think are relating to like their pain or some illness or something else that's underlying why they're coming in to see you. Um, I feel that my school kind of pays attention to a little bit more. Um, Also with the OMM techniques, the osteopathic manipulative techniques, we do have like a more hands-on, literally like hands-on approach to the patient. So we're not afraid to like 
touch patients, um, obviously in like a professional way to help them. But Mm -hmm. just that human touch, I feel like also goes a really long way when you show that you can, you really care about your patient, like what they're going through and just to be the best person that you can for them in that moment. Cause that's what you're, what you need to be. Yes, totally. That's another one thing that happened to me recently. It was a, a few months ago with this patient who was there for knee pain and he had saved up all of his money for a cortisone injection, which is like, he had, you know, arthritis of the knees and that's one of the treatments that we can do for the, for that. We shoot cortisone in the, into the joint and it makes it less inflamed. Anyway, uh, he was, you know, there for something for the knee and he started talking about how he wanted to kill himself to me. And I'm like, well, this is certainly not related to your knees, but please like tell me more because I need you, like you need to talk about this or else something else is going to come out of it. And he was telling me all about how he didn't feel like he was getting what the, you know, he wasn't being listened to by his primary care doctor. And that just made me so sad because, you know, they're the ones that are supposed to have the resources for their patients who are mm-hmm. crying out and telling them, hey, I'm having these thoughts about killing myself. My neighbor's got to come over every day. And if she doesn't, if I don't answer the door, she calls 911. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and then he starts crying. And he, he had the most pleasant disposition I've ever, you know, encountered with the patient. And he, you know, it's always, you know, the people you least expect, I feel like, in my yeah. case. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so much more than just medicine it's more you know it's about human nature and caring for the human as a whole rather than just their knee pain or their stomach problems or whatever you know field you end up in but it's it's important to realize that when you're going into the field of medicine and that's what it that's what makes you a good doctor i feel like also just being even a woman. I mean, we all know women are better listeners than men. I'm going to say it because it's a fact. <laughs> and um, I feel that um, now more than ever, the field of medicine is seeing a lot more women um, in mm-hmm. higher positions, etc. And I feel that they're just better listeners to their patients and they can really empathize a little bit more, maybe. That brings me to my next question, Caroline. In regards to your programs and then also, Sam, in the workplace, do you feel like there's a difference in demographic between man and woman? And do you feel like you've had significant discrimination as a woman? And then also within your program and work, were you able to establish like a girl squad of other badass women? So, yeah, in the last maybe year or so, basically my school, some courses were in groups together and it's just a random mix of men and women. Um, and we work together and talk about patient, patient cases, things like that. And we're kind of graded, um, supposed to be objectively by our facilitator who facilitates our group. And there was one particular uh, person who was giving out preferential grades to the guys in our group. And kind of after talking with the other girls, we were like, well, how is this fair? You know, this kind of old school mentality is supposed to be gone, you know, like, Women in medicine are, it's the thing, my my class, I believe, has more girls than, than boys now. And I think a lot of medical schools, actually, in the U.S., um, it's trending that there's more women um, applying for medical school and entering. So that's really great. Um, and yeah. in terms of um, finding a girl squad, I definitely have. I don't know where I would be without my friends, honestly, that I made 
um, in medical school, I kind of just randomly picked some girls to live with the first year. And we have stuck together ever since. Um, obviously, we've expanded our group a little bit, but we've just gone through every test, you know, every cry together, every Aww. every win and loss that we've gone through, I think, has made us so much stronger. And I'm fortunate to be actually moving along with them um, to our next phase. We're moving um, to Jacksonville for our rotations, and so we'll be together there. But, yeah, it's really been a blessing. I really don't know where I would be mentally without them. You know, it just has been such an amazing, amazing source that I've had. Yeah, that's – yeah. I feel like you definitely make a bond with whoever you go to school with in, term, in, you know, in the medical field. Yeah, it's like PTSD. I'm not <laughs> – like, you <laughs> go through warfare. I'm serious. Yeah. It's like mental yeah. warfare. Yes, it totally is. You're at <laughs> war with yourself. You're at war with your classmates. I yeah. you get the best grade and stuff. So when you make, yeah, the bond is totally everlasting. I'm like still really close with a couple of my girlfriends from PA school. And uh, oh my gosh, I don't know what I would have done if I hadn't made the, you know, bonds that I made with them because sheesh. Yeah. But um, yeah, so when I was in school, there was a specific instance where I experienced some, uh, things that were definitely not okay to be said to, you know, anyone really, especially, you know, a female going into a career in a professional setting. Um, I was doing my emergency rotation. I was with a preceptor that was, you know, he's a really smart physician. He's like, he just turned 30 and he's like, you know, a good looking dude. But, um, you know, of course I'm married at this time and, uh, fully dedicated to my husband, you know, <laughs> and uh, anyway, um, he was very respectful, like, you know, really just great guy to have as a preceptor. However, there were other doctors in the area that we would interact with frequently, and we would do night shifts a lot, like overnight shifts in the ER, and, um, it, you know, there were times that it was slow, so we would hang out with the other doctors, and uh, this one doctor, we, it was the end of our shift, we were leaving, and I went to go say goodbye to him because I hadn't, I wasn't, you know, planning on coming back or seeing him ever again, so I was, like, you know, going to say goodbye, and he's like, oh, you know, at your next shift with your other doctor, you know, it gets pretty quiet in the ERs, you guys could go just fuck in one of the rooms and nobody would know, and I was like, um oh my gosh like I was just yeah. sitting there like all I could do was laugh like do a nervous what? uncomfortable giggle because I was just like I don't know what to say to you what? like I am not good with the conversation so I didn't know what to say and he literally said that word for word and I'm oh like God. okay I'm just gonna leave I'm glad I never get to see you again I should not have come over here and said goodbye to you anyway but anyway so that was my first you know like major experience and a lot of other people would say like one of my friends was preceptoring with a different doctor and she introduced me to him while I was there with her on the shift. And then I walked away to go see a patient or something. And he had made a comment to her. He said, who is that hot piece of ass? And I'm like, okay, thanks for recognizing my ability as a provider. I really appreciate that. And thank you for also, you know, just kind of degrading me to a piece of meat. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Yeah, I'm sorry and, that you have to yeah i mean yeah so, so that was just as a student in one rotation wow um, and, but, 
And now in the workplace, I have not yet experienced anything of that nature, but just being in orthopedics, which is an extremely male dominated field in medicine, mm-hmm. my boss, my supervising physician is female and she is such a badass bitch. I feel like, so, like, a, uh, I feel so lucky to be working with her because I feel like we're, you know, like the girl squad, like we're, you know, just girl power. And I, I get so excited about it, just even, you know, think about it. But um, in the OR, like, it's orthopedic surgery in itself is very physical. So I do a lot of the leg work in the OR. Like, when we do hip surgeries, I have to dislocate people's hips and relocate them all the time. And that is very physical work. It's like, you know, 250 plus pound men and I'm like, cranking their whole Leg yeah. like under this hawk, you know. I, uh, <laughs> you get the reference, but um, it's so when I'm walking into the OR, there's a bunch of these like real swole dudes who are like you know ortho dudes, and they're like, "Sam, you ready for this? You working out?" And I'm like, "Hey, I know I'm like a little as like a little tiny. I mean, I'm not, I'm not that tiny, okay? I'm like muscles." <laughs> Uh, I don't know it's been a little bit aggravating to me but well that's kind of cool though to walk in and see those people and be like you know what I'm I'm here (laughs) I'm just qualified yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. but um yes I definitely feel as though I have found my girl squad with my boss and she's like she just asked me if we could go to dinner like later on. <laughs> no, so excited! Yes, I know. You know, what? I, I cannot wait until you guys become friends, and then you tell her about this yes. podcast, and then she's oh gonna share you. Oh my god! will never know. Fran, <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this, turn it off now. <laughs> she's already heard. No. Oh my god. I'm sweating just thinking about it. <laughs> well, you got that I extra know. layer on, though. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Oh god. Well, I think this segues nicely into our middle segment: two happies and a crappy. So, um, Danica, you first. I'm the chosen one. <laughs> um, I guess one happy is that I get to connect with some of my best friends right now, which is really nice. (laughs) And that's kind of an obvious one, but whatever. You took mine. (laughs) I know. (laughs) My crappy is that I have a mysterious rash on my stomach. Oh, shut up. So you might be able to diagnose you. Yeah, I'm saying it so that you guys can diagnose me right now. But I don't know why I'm telling the whole world that I have a rash. Um, (laughs) (laughs) We talk about a lot of weird things. Um, And then I guess my happy is that, oh, I had a a cool interview today where I interviewed with the uh, Forest Service forest service and it would be for a communications position that i would love so i could like just be hanging out in the forest <laughs> and oh. writing press releases and doing a lot of journalism type things which i have my background in so it'd be like my combination of things that i like <laughs> so yeah. that's the hope for the future awesome. that's amazing yeah caroline you're next <laughs> okay 
All right. Um, so my my happies. Um, well, in addition to talking with my beautiful friends, I guess um, I was telling Sammy earlier, I bought cookie dough ice cream today Ugh. with sprinkles and I'm so excited to eat it after this. Yeah. Um, it's the little things in life, you know, I just have to look forward to. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing I would say is um, this week has just been really beautiful weather every day. And mm. I know it's just such a small thing, but I'm like sitting inside all the time. And so when I just go out for fresh air, I just been like reminded that the world is so much bigger, you know, and I'm just in this, yes. um, in this small place in my life where I have to be very focused on school, but, um, it just like, it helps me to like center myself, I guess. Um, and then a sappy, I think is, um, when I'm moving, so I mentioned that I'm moving to Jacksonville, I'm going to be leaving a lot of my friends because we're all kind of spreading apart across the u.s for these rotations so i'll just be a little bit sad to not have everyone that's close by um mm. but yeah that'll be not enough for a little while so <laughs> yeah you guys will see each other again at some point yes yeah Def oh a graduation i guess <laughs> you want to go sam oh okay sure okay so uh my happy is that um copy and paste I'm here with you guys <laughs> um really though it's an honor to be on this podcast I've always wanted to be on a podcast so yeah especially this one <laughs> um I another happy is that um Cody and I made Cody's my husband we made a really good chicken parm tonight <laughs> and I ate it yeah. <laughs> and there's extras though for you know tomorrow for lunch and uh <laughs> It's really, you know, everything I get excited about is food. Yeah, same. That's not it. <laughs> um, no, I definitely, another happy is coming home to this house that we just moved into and knowing that it's ours, our first home together and we could grow into it and, you know, Aww. all the exciting things we have planned. Cody <laughs> is just like constantly, every night he's got some other, like, project he's working on he's already in like full like dad mode even though I don't want kids for a long time I'm like no well you have Louise yes oh, exactly yeah dog dad mode <laughs> yes yes exactly um but I just love coming home to the house and to him and Louise and the dog and yeah it's just great crappy is that I'm on call for the first time this weekend and I'm really scared <laughs> Oh, you got it you got it it's yeah. like you know those gnawing thoughts you have at the back of your head and they like just pop up randomly whenever and you get your stomach drops and you feel like you're gonna poop yourself yep. <laughs> I got you girl yes that's been the one and it starts on Friday and I'm scared but I know it's gonna go fine I, I'm just hyping my you know psyching myself you got out. it you got yeah. this far you got it <laughs> you yeah. can I keep think... going yeah. Also, I feel like this episode is like a a real intimate look into the medical field and like the side that you don't see because I don't, I've never really thought about the anxiety that medical providers have because mm -hmm. you don't really you never yeah. know what you're going to get into or like what people are coming in the door with what kind of emergencies. Yeah. So I can only imagine how much anxiety oh. you would feel every day. So it's it's valid. Yeah. It's definitely valid. That reminds me, I had to call 911 for a patient the other day, and I'm like, girl, you're here for your knee, what are you talking about, you can't see, and you're half of your side of your body, you can't feel. Oh, so she's God. like, broken out here in the room, and I'm like, 
So that's where it comes into play. You know, you can't just know when you go into a specialty, you can't just know about the bones. You have to know a little bit about everything else in case something like that happens. And then, you know, somebody's passing out in the x-ray room and you got to go do CPR on them. And it's like, all right, this is like, can I just quit? I'm going to go do hair. (laughs) Well, I guess I will do my happies and a sappy. Um, So my first happy is... So virtual teaching, very bleak, right? There's some kids that like never show up ever. And oh. I have a kid that literally, this is week nine of the quarter. And <laughs> since I've gotten all these new students, the student has never logged in, have not heard from him, called home, nothing. And today he just logged in. He just showed oh, up and I was like, oh, hey, nice to meet oh, you, hey. um, dude, you know, like I'm Miss Yinkst, you know, I met all of your students, <laughs> like all of your classmates nine weeks ago, but here you are. I'm happy you're here. Um, and I had the most pleasant conversation with him after class. This poor kid hasn't had a device work for him, so he could log into school since January. So that means from January up until now, this kid has not been able to attend any of his classes. And it broke my heart. I was so sad. The only reason why he logged in was because he got a computer himself. And he was telling me that he is an A and B student. Like, he's a good kid. And so he's trying to make it all up before the end of the quarter. But anyway, it brought me a lot of hope to know that, like, there's a kid out there that's trying really hard to fight for their education. And it also breaks my heart at the same time because COVID sucks. Um, so I guess that's kind of a happy sappy. Um, I'll leave that one at that. Um, but my other happy is kind of similar to you, Sam. Um, I came home today and River, my dog, was just so happy to see me. He was like, hew, 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 making his little puppy noises. <laughs> jumping around just so happy and man like it's just great coming home to oh. up and your man and just enjoying <laughs> yeah i have ice cream so but you know what i'm gonna join the dog squad soon join the dog squad that's that's the best squad oh my God. honestly having a dog makes me so happy don't got no man don't need no man but got a dog dog is good <laughs> when you when you feel anxious or feel bad at all like I I literally like touch her I like pet her head once and I'm like calm I feel better (laughs) yeah yes that's amazing exactly maybe every (laughs) medical provider should have some kind of dog or pet (laughs) I would recommend that yes Mm -hmm. Caroline get a doggy (laughs) prescribe prescribe it to me (laughs) (laughs) so you guys really I loved the vulnerable stories that you guys told about these moments where you um where other specifically men in the profession have kind of belittled you um even though you guys are boss ass bitches who like know what they're doing and are completely qualified and professional so um maybe you can kind of shine some more light on how these experiences have shaped your path and have maybe changed your outlook on how you approach the profession and how you're going to approach maybe new women that come into the field that's a good question (laughs) um oh you know what I recently had a medical student following me I was like how did you end up following me first of all like I don't (laughs) again imposter syndrome I don't know what the heck I'm doing so I should not be teaching somebody else but she was actually following my visit my doc my supervising physician and um 
but you know she ended up with me most of the time because I was you know Dr. Crane sitting in the lounge and I'm you know, busting my ass doing stuff. So I, you know, she's like, you know, come with me and I'll show you, you know, the stuff that we do, the stuff that we look out for. And she was really receptive to all of it. And, um, you know, I didn't have a chance to, you know, sit down with her and talk about some of the experiences that I've had in terms of, you know, um, you know, what to expect in terms of being a female in the medical field. But uh, she, like Caroline was saying, there's the, amount of women coming into the medical field is like so much more than it has been in the past especially you know becoming doctors becoming PAs most of my class was in that in PA school was female most of PAs are female and you know more and more are becoming physicians so that's something that really excites me for the future of medicine because you know we think differently we really do and I think that that's something that patients can benefit from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm sure just your presence and like willingness to share what you've already learned was more than enough for that student that followed you that day. You know, I, I remember when I first had like visitors in my classroom and feeling the same way, but they really do learn a lot just through people who are receptive and kind to them. So Mm -hmm. right yeah and I gave her a little bit and she was really grateful that I was honest with her about how I've felt and you know when she was following me I made some mistakes and you know that's nothing terrible but just little things like I kept dropping stuff in the OR and you know that's you, you can't do that because it's not sterile and you can't use it and I was just like dang you know and it just like stupid stuff like that and then I would like chart something wrong and I have to go back and fix it so I was sitting there for an extra 20 minutes where I could have been doing something else and she's like thank you so much for being so honest about your experience as a new Aww. practitioner because I am going to be feeling this exact same way in residency and stuff like that so uh it just it made me feel good you know that my honesty and my vulnerability was helping somebody else because I'm like <laughs> I'm putting myself out there for criticism mm -hmm. you know and like it's it's ending up you know I feel like I'm helping more people than not so. yeah, yeah. and <laughs> as you're seeing the medical field change like this it's becoming like so it's kind of unprecedented you know more and more women becoming involved and being practitioners and then with that kind of being unprecedented you're going to have more and more people looking up to you as a woman from a woman's mm -hmm. perspective so it's really yeah. cool that you've already had that experience and you have only been in the work the workplace for like how long four oh, months God. three I, months i think Less? so four four or five yeah yeah yeah, <gasps> yeah we're gonna change the world girls we got this <laughs> yeah oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, Caroline, what about you? How have um, your like experiences, the um, same question that I asked um, Sam, <laughs> copy paste? Well, I have to say that, okay, so not, it's interesting. The medical field is so interesting because it really is kind of like a melting pot of people from all different backgrounds. And um, it just really shows, I guess, your experiences shape you in terms of how you provide care to other people. So for example, um, I, we've had definitely a lot of um, self-centered men who have taught my class. Um, I won't really point out specifics, but you know, there's like this old mentality that I mentioned before, this old school like mentality that men run certain specialties and do things better. It's like very interesting that Sammy's actually, Sam's in orthopedics, 
which is very like ortho bro you know that's the stereotype it's like very male dominated (laughs) very heavy labor like never hardly any you know females in the field so just so refreshing to see that perspective from Sam and hear her experiences um but on the other on the flip side I just want to say like I don't really think um that obviously not all men in the medical field are bad I think Mm -hmm. honestly some of the people that I learned from the most have actually been men for example when I worked as a scribe in the emergency room for a few years or I guess like one and a half um one of my my favorite doctor to work with was actually a night shift doctor and um he had just been doing his job for so many, so many years. And it was kind of like an honor to work with him. I guess like you had to move up in your scribe, we call it like our scribe tribe, but you had to like literally move up on the ranks to work with him because he just yes. went so fast and saw so many patients. And he was just like, go, 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 very serious. You had to know exactly what you were doing. And it was pretty stressful. But I just remember like some patients he would see so fast and other people we'd be in the in and out of the room in maybe like five, 10 minutes. And others, he would go back and talk to them for a long, long time. And I was like, okay, doc, like, how did you, how do you know when to stay in a room longer? Like, how do you know when to listen to someone when someone's really complaining of like really bad pain versus maybe something superficial, whatever, they just want drugs. And he honestly said, like, it comes down to experience, obviously. Um, Being just seeing so many things, you can, um, like seeing so many things over and over, you can start to start to distinguish what's real versus you know what's a little bit more superficial in terms of how people present um and talk to you and I just remember thinking like wow okay when I become a doctor this is what I want to be I want to be able to really give the care that I need um to people who need it and like in their time of need because especially in the emergency room you know that's the people at their worst point of their life and they look up to the doctor or the PA or the whoever is there just with so much respect because you're like the only thing standing between them and who knows what, you know? So it's definitely a very big um, weight on your shoulders, but also a very big privilege and an honor to have this, you know, like ability. Um, and so I think just kind of taking bits and pieces throughout my, my career and kind of assembling like what I want to be as a doctor um, definitely helps and as well as just getting outside of the medical field even and just being a person like going out and listening to music or going to an art museum or you know just doing other things outside of medicine also I feel has helped shape my perspective on being like the best woman in medicine and just the best you know person to other people that I can be yes mm-hmm. oh my gosh what a good mm-hmm. answer yeah man, you <laughs> so nailed these answers on the head i just end up talking about something else <laughs> great i do no, both of you yeah. i don't really know if that answered your question Megan. Oh, it's fine i think it was golden <laughs> okay. yeah it was it was good so in terms of inspiring the next generation of female females in medicine or women in medicine um what would you guys say are some things that you look for in a role model or how are some ways that you can be a role model to kids and how are there how can we get more kids involved in medicine especially young um girls Mm. does that make sense that's a good question i think it um i think it starts with like 
the young the teachers honestly like Megan I think you also have such a privilege of like I feel that my teachers have shaped me so much and um I I mentioned this to you guys I think before that all of my heavy science teachers like AP um bio AP I think our AP physics teacher and anatomy they were all female in high school and so I remember just like looking at these women and they were so cool and they were so smart and I was just so inspired by them and they just also our English teacher and so Sammy Danica and I all went to the same high school and our English AP yeah. English teacher Mrs. shout out Mrs. Elmir <laughs> she was amazed she like also had a really big impact on my life and just made me appreciate the arts so much mm-hmm. um it starts with your your education for sure um mm-hmm. even maybe like joining clubs with your friends whether it be science club music club whatever whatever you're interested in, if it's like math, math or chorus, yeah, or chess, yes. and just doing it and just trying it, you know, it's okay. If maybe you're by yourself, you'll make, you'll make friends there. And um, just following what you're really passionate about, I think definitely shines through on the days when it gets really hard. And to, to butt in real quick, what I love about what Caroline just said is um, a real big pitch when we're trying to justify like music in schools or the arts in schools is that, you know, there's always this cross curricular thinking and like things that cross over from music to, you know, any field really. And the same can go really for any subject. It all kind of bleeds together. And um, I, I love that she emphasized that that has made her a better person, which in turn is going to make her a better doctor. Um, Mm. so there are some schools out there rather than saying STEM, um, say STEAM and use the A in STEAM for arts. (laughs) And, um, I think that's really important. Like, as you guys have said, because if you don't have other things going on besides medicine, like, how are you going to connect to your patients? Yeah, totally. So I think, you know, getting, like Caroline was saying, getting involved in some of those extracurricular things, you know, School definitely is a huge part of getting into the medical field. You have to be successful in that respect. But um, what makes your resume or whatever your applications shine is what you do outside of school. Like getting involved in some of those clubs and make, you know, what kind of jobs you end up getting, you know, what kind of experience you have in the medical field if you end up applying to medical school or, you know, whatever, PA school, NP, nursing school any of that um just having any type of experience in the medical field showing it showing them that you want it is really good but you know you have to want this you can't just be like ah it's something that you know my parents did the parent parents want me to do it or you know I feel like it would be great for the money like so many people that pisses me off the most when people just go in it because the pay is good yeah I'm like you could do you could do anything for the pay yeah, like you don't want to be in charge of people's lives just for the money. Yeah, like that is not a good incentive, and you know, like it's just crazy because you can prescribe. You know, I'll prescribe a medication that can change somebody's life. Yeah. You know, it's not you have to, and you have to listen to your patients too. You have to listen. You have to be conscientious of what they're telling you. That maybe you know have a totally different meaning than what they're actually saying and you have to be present and aware of that I think um something that I wish we had more of I like that um perspective I think more um opportunities to be creative in terms of like science fair that kind of aspect Mm -hmm. so 
I remember, I think it was called, um, do you remember what it was called, Sam? Was it Odyssey of the Hearts or Odyssey of the Mind? Odyssey of the Mind, yeah. Yes. And so we got to um, create basically our own, what was it, like a play or something? Like our own show and just stimulating kids more like that. So I guess like the steam, Megan, that you mentioned before, just, you Mm -hmm. know, really propelling that field, emphasizing that field, I think getting everyone involved no matter whatever you're interested in and just sticking with it um and maybe trying new things I think emphasizing that in in schools and from a really young age would be amazing um Mm -hmm. in terms of just guiding people to what they what they're passionate about yeah there was a summer camp I went to once it was like sophomore year of high school I think it was called National Youth Youth Leadership Forum of Medicine and they had a bunch of different locations at different um, colleges and medical schools around the country. And I signed up to go. It was like a 10-day thing. And they gave us like a, I don't know, it was a bunch of different seminars. They brought us to a cadaver lab, which was like just wild for me to see. <laughs> yeah, so cool. Like a 15-year-old. Yeah. And um, that was like that was my first step that I was like, okay, I'm super interested in this. I definitely need a, you know, career in medicine. It wasn't just my mom telling me, like, dressing up in scrubs, saying, like, this is what you're going to do. You know? like, and you never hey, took them off. Is that, why you handle, is that why your handle is Sam and Scrub? <laughs> oh, my God. That I makes sense that. now. You were groomed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good lord. Wait, do you still have those scrubs? Because that would be so cute in like oh, 30 years when you have a child. 30 years, <laughs> yes. yes. Oh my god. <laughs> 30. Oh gosh. Oh, no, yeah. I'm sure my mom has it somewhere. I don't know. Find them. <laughs> they're framed somewhere. <laughs> but yeah, I, like getting involved in this stuff early is definitely helpful. And just it's hard to focus on what you want as a young person I feel mm-hmm. like but once you find that footing and that I any type of inkling that makes your heart you know race a little bit and get excited about what you do then definitely dive head first into that because you want to be excited about your job mm-hmm. you know yeah Absolutely. really like what it comes down to is quality of life you have to do something that's going to make you happy you need to be in a relationship that makes you happy not one yeah. that is making you go crazy or, or you just toxic enjoy <laughs> yeah exactly. a toxic one <laughs> which i have to say a, a little caveat um you do sacrifice a lot of quality of life in medicine i think um yes. especially what sammy was mentioning earlier you know you have to sacrifice a lot of uh, so so much to be able to have like this this job um but on the other hand you have to look at it it's like you're gaining a lot too like you're gaining so much knowledge that people come to you and look to you for in time of need and so there's definitely give and take you know but it's a beautiful thing it's like it's funny that they say medicine is an art because you can be so smart but not know the first thing about how to talk to someone or relate to someone and Mm -hmm. so it just goes to show like at the end of the day (laughs) We're all just, you know, we're all human and we have to have to recognize that and meet people where they're at. Yeah, 100 percent. And like uh, when we were talking before we started recording, you know, like I have to go and do work after this. It's definitely is not you definitely sacrifice a huge, you know, quality of life 
aspect when you delve into the medical field, you know? Mm. Like, even, it doesn't end when you get out of school. You're still, you know, this is when you dedicate your life to your patients. And the stress increases after school because now you're not dealing with, a, you know, a question in a book. You're, you're dealing with the words on the paper are somebody's actual life. You know, mm-hmm. some yeah. they're dealing with their heart failure that they have now. They're dealing with this blood clot in their leg. And they're dealing with this fractured, you know, limb that they have or their ankle that's literally falling off that you have to go replace the next day. So, like, I, and, you know, when I'm reviewing their packets for their surgery, you know, I have this packet of paperwork that I have to review for this person's surgery tomorrow. And if I miss some critical information in there, we may, you know, the patient may end up suffering tomorrow. So I, you know, I don't have time to do that in the office because there's a million patients that we have to see. And then we have to jump to the, the hospital and do surgery after that. And then I just want to get the heck home so I can, you know, see my family mm-hmm. and, eat some food because I haven't eaten all day. All I've had are three peanut butter crackers and like a banana in the morning. And I've worked 12 hours already. I have to work this weekend. And, you know, like I'm not, I'm not complaining because I'm living my dream, like I'm saying, but definitely my quality of life is suffering, but I wouldn't have it any other way because I get to heal people. And that is my dream. Yeah, and this is just the beginning of your career. It's going to get easier and it's going to mm-hmm. get more enjoyable, I'm sure, as it goes on. Yeah, through. that's what I keep telling myself, too. And, like, I'm still learning all the, you know, ins and outs of everything, getting a hold of the routines and stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, definitely, it's there isn't, it doesn't stop after you graduate. You still have an enormous learning curve, especially as a PA. I am... Uh, not totally sure how it is as a doctor, <laughs> Caroline. Uh, yeah, uh, no, it's great. I I'm sure it's pretty similar. <laughs> yeah. Listening to you guys speak is so inspiring because it's just so clear that both of you are so passionate for what you do. And, you know, again, kind of going back to how a lot of us have had cold doctor or um, medical field, you know, experiences where, you know, maybe it's turned us off from feeling vulnerable or comfortable talking to those people. Like, you know, I'm so happy to know that both of you are going into medicine and that you're helping people. You know, you're really going to touch so many lives. Thank you. I'm very happy to. Nice. Glad to hear that. Well, I think that about sums up our episode thank you guys so much for being here as our sass a save a sister from stress um i want to leave on just one final point can you guys give us one solid piece of advice that you would have for someone aspiring to go into the medical field my first don't give up you've got this (laughs) no matter caroline this is for you girl you're your final tomorrow you Uh, got this girl you are smarter than you think you are and when you're looking at that multiple choice stuff the answer is on the page you just gotta pick the right one (laughs) i love that you're right you're right yes but seriously no matter how hard it gets no matter how burnt out you feel you have this dream and you are going to achieve it no matter how poorly you feel no matter how low that test score gets you are gonna kick it into gear and you're gonna work hard and you're gonna get higher test scores <laughs> you are gonna you know like I said before test scores don't matter but you gotta get a passing grade at least you know yes, <laughs> so as long as you get that passing grade you are golden you get the green baby yes, yes. well um 
I think uh, a piece of advice I would probably say maybe if I was like to my younger self, to anyone really, is um, you can really do it. And I feel like something that I learned even just in this past year is really just like looking at myself in the mirror every day. I have this little like post-it note and it's like, (laughs) you can do it. And I just had these little um, post-its around and it's like just to get better every day. And things that you think you might not be able to do, you can just, the first step is trying. So just try, you know, go out to that club meeting that you might not know anyone at, you know, go out to this, to this club, try this class, maybe that you never have heard of before. Because in trying those things and like getting a little bit uncomfortable, you learn about yourself and you can find out what you're passionate about. And then that is really going to carry you through those really hard moments that you have to go through in life. Oh, I feel so inspired now. I'm like, I know. Should I apply for <laughs> school? No, literally, it's funny. I tell everyone, I'm like, literally any other career don't you can think do of, it. do it. <laughs> you guys just told us we could do it. Cut that out. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful disaster, but yeah. We're just kidding around when we say this, just because we're in a dark place yeah. mentally, both of us. <laughs> no, you do. It's like your humor gets very dark when you, yeah, especially in the ER, it's very dark humor in there, but. <laughs> yeah, we it's our coping mechanism, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, thank you guys for being here. Thanks for being you, and I love you guys, and I'm so oh, happy that you guys are going to do such huge things as a PA and doctor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> thank you guys for having us. You guys yeah, are amazing. Thank you guys so podcast. much. Well, thanks for bravely being with us. Mm-hmm.